With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. AW is live from the Nutter Center in Dayton, Ohio, the site of one of, if not the all-time favorite pay-per-view of mine, King of the Ring 1993. I know that because how do you forget a name like the Nutter Center? We started with blood and we ended with blood. Not only did we end with blood, we ended with what I thought was the most violent, vicious main event that we have ever seen in AEW Dynamite history. And if it wasn't the most violent, vicious main event, then it was certainly up there as one of them. Samoa Joe, once again, TNT champion. For the second time, he takes the title back from Darby Allin. You know, for a while there, watching that main event, I was not sure if I was watching an actual match or if I was watching gameplay from the Fight Forever game, which hopefully we'll get at some point in the next few months. I didn't know if I was watching a video game or not. The way that Joe was bouncing this guy around, the bumps that Darby was taking, he looked like a video game character out there. I felt I felt kind of bad. But these two have a certain chemistry when they get together in the ring where it's just fun to watch. Now, it might not be so fun for Darby Allen, and I do worry for his future. I worry for his future every time he goes out there and wrestles. But he's just, you know, Joe is just extra vicious when he's in there with Darby. There's just something about these two in the ring together. I can't take my eyes off it. So I enjoyed the hell out of that main event. Maybe they could add that to the video game. The whole cutting the uh, the mat, ripping it up, exposing the boards. Maybe they could add that as a mode. Is it too late? Is it too late to add that as a mode to the video game? Anyway. Uh, I was not expecting a title change tonight. I don't think too many people were expecting a title change. What I was expecting coming into tonight, everything seemed to be set up for a Wardlow return. I asked the question last week, where's Wardlow? How come we can't get any update on, on the status of Wardlow? Last time we saw Wardlow, he had his ponytail cut off by Samoa Joe at the beginning of the year, uh, or right before. And I didn't know if it was an injury. Nothing Nothing was announced. And then we found out that apparently there was some sort of injury. It wasn't considered serious, but there was doubt as to when he would be back. But everything here just seemed tailor-made for Wardlow to come out, no holds barred, right? There are no rules. And get his revenge for what Joe did to him and, and Darby retains. But instead, they changed the title back. And then they had Wardlow make his re- return appearance. He was back. New haircut. He's got a skin fade now, no more ponytail, thanks to Samoa Joe. So we did get Wardlow, but they still changed the championship. That I wasn't expecting, and it is weird that they put the title on Darby only a few weeks ago, only to take it right back off of him. Uh, I'm guessing now the reason that they even did the title change in the first place was to give Darby a big win in his hometown. When he won the championship, he was in his hometown, it was a, a big moment for him. Maybe that's why they did it. Darby has been defending the title nonstop every week since he won it. So there's an argument that I could I could also see where it makes the championship that much more coveted. 
by having Darby go out there and defend it on Dynamite, defend it on Rampage every single week. It's one of the most sought-after championships in the company. I would not have played hot potato with it if they were just going to put it right back on Joe as, as dominant as he was. I would have just kept the belt on Joe. But I'm guessing that Darby winning it in his hometown had something to do with why we saw that in the first place. So now we're right back to where we were before, where Wardlow is going to be challenging Samoa Joe for the TNT Championship, I would guess, at Revolution. And uh, Darby can probably uh, do well to take a few weeks off after the beating that he took tonight. John Moxley and Hangman Page had their third match, what you would assume was the rubber match in their Rivalry coming into tonight here in Moxley's home state of Ohio. And John Moxley got the win. And every indication coming out of that match is that we're not done yet with Moxley and Hangman. Hangman was acting like a fucking sore loser when that match was over. He was being a bit of a bitch after he lost to Moxley tonight. So that issue is very much not over between the two of them. We got blood in the opener as well. Now, the blood in the main event was clearly accidental, although I think it, it added to the match. With Moxley, it was just the blatant... I mean, they weren't even hiding it this time. They got a, they got a straight-up camera shot of John Moxley sitting down in the corner of the ring, just blade in hand, slicing his forehead open. That was not needed. The blood added in the main event. The blood did nothing in the opener. Brian Danielson and Timothy Thatcher had a match tonight. Danielson continues to win as he has to if he wants to get his Iron Man match of Revolution against MJF. So, not surprisingly, he got a win tonight. MJF fought off by Kanosuke Takeshita when he tried to get involved. And now, next week, we're going to get a rare in-ring appearance on Dynamite by MJF. He's going to go one-on-one with Takeshita. I'm looking forward to next week. Next week, we're getting Brian Danielson against Roosh, and we're getting Takeshita against MJF. Those are two must-see matches on this show next week. So they set those two matches up for Dynamite next Wednesday. Jade Cargill, still TBS champion with her win over Red Velvet Cake, beats her, goes to 50-0. Who can stop Goldberg? I mean, uh, Jade Cargill. Who can stop Jade Cargill? 50-0. How, how much higher is it going to go? I think it'll go as high as it can until Chris Statlander is ready to be slotted into that position. I still think Chris Statlander is going to be the one to be handing Jade Cargill her first defeat and take the TBS title. Can her can her knees hold up? That's the only question. But I, you know, wouldn't shock me at all because I think she was the one and then she got hurt. And I could see a, a situation where Tony Khan went to her and said, look, we have this plan for you. We don't want you to feel you know, deterred by any of this, when you're ready to come back, we're going to resume our plans. There'll be a spot waiting for you. It just feels to me like they're biding their time until she's ready to come back because there is no other obvious person to step in and be the first one to beat Jade. Now it's been so many months, I don't think Statlander is ready to come back just yet, but it seems to me like maybe they're stalling and waiting for her to come back. So we'll go over all that and everything else that happened here on what I thought overall was another fun episode of Dynamite. They continue to roll on Wednesday nights. They're on a hot streak. Tonight was no different. This is your AEW Dynamite review for Wednesday, February 1st, 2023. I am the Solomonster. We are kicking off the month of February here on the channel with the first live review. We got a little bit of news here. Uh, Before we get into the actual review, 
this was announced earlier this afternoon before Dynamite tonight. A press release issued by AEW. AEW announces launch of live event series called AEW House Rules. Tony Khan today announced the launch of AEW House Rules, a live event series taking place on select weekends in markets across the country. These non-televised live events will showcase an electrifying mix of matchups featuring the stars of AEW. Each event offers an event or an even more immersive experience for fans, including customized merchandise, unique ways to engage with talent, and in-show interactions different from what is featured on televised AEW programming. So basically, they're taking the show on the road. That's the long way of saying that they're starting to do house shows. And the first AEW house rules show will take place on Saturday, March 18th in Troy, Ohio, at the Hobart Arena. And will feature Ohio's own John Moxley, uh, Claudio Castagnoli, Britt Baker, Darby Allen, if he's in one piece, Orange Cassidy, and many more. Tickets for all House Rules shows start at 20 bucks, And you can go to AEWTix.com starting Friday, February 3rd at 10 a.m. So this is one of the reasons why they hired Jeff Jarrett. They didn't just hire Jeff Jarrett to show up on TV and hit people with a guitar. They hired Jeff Jarrett because of his, as their director of business development because of his live events experience. That's the position he was working in for WWE before he got let go, and the roadie took his place. He was working, I think, as a vice president of live events for WWE. So uh, this is one of the reasons, I'm sure, if not the biggest reason why they brought him in. This is something that has been talked about for a while. Uh, it was not part of their business plan at the very beginning, but now the company is three years old, you know, heading into year number four, and it's time. With all of the talent that they have on that roster, uh, a surplus of talent, not enough television time to use all of the talent, heading out on the road, and it doesn't have to be as rigorous of a schedule as WWE has, and it's not going to be, because there are a lot of AEW talents. One of the benefits, one of the pluses, the advantages of signing with AEW is that you can work outside of the company, and you can work independent shows. In some cases, you can work New Japan, right? If you're a big enough star, there are top names like a Moxley or a Kenny Omega. Kenny Omega is the IWGP US champion right now. So you have people who are working outside of AEW. So it's never going to be the same live event system that WWE has. And nobody in AEW, I'm sure, is looking to necessarily work that kind of schedule. But to have, as they say here, select weekends where they'll have live events and you can take this talent, some of which isn't even really being utilized, and send them out on the road. They can perform in front of live crowds and get their reps in and work. It's the natural progression of things. It was, frankly, I'm shocked it took them this long to start doing this. Uh, And so now people who want to attend an AEW event will have uh, more of a choice to do so if they come to your town. So there you go. An announcement that has been a long time in the making and will give them more footage. You know, one day if they have their own uh, either streaming service or they they want a place to uh, put some of these shows, they could even film them if they want to and they can throw them up on there. Come to think of it, they did film an event back at uh, Daly's Place. Uh, This was back during the pandemic shows. I don't think there was much of a crowd, but 
Uh, what, what did they call that event? The uh, the House Always Wins, I think it was. I don't think that event has still aired anywhere. I think they have that in their vault as well. Well, let's talk about this Dynamite show tonight, because Dynamite was in Ohio. They were in the heartland of America. But when I think of the heartland of America, I think of John Moxley. John Moxley, the hometown Ohio boy, out through the crowd with his father, Dan. We got Dan Moxley. And I will tell you that Dan Moxley uh, looks about as excited when he comes out as his son does. So you can tell that they are related. So we had John Moxley, we had Dan Moxley, and we had Wheeler Moxley. Wheeler Yuta, he was with them as well. Not sure why, but Wheeler Yuta was with them. And they made their way through the crowd for the opening match. It was Moxley, Hangman, Part 3. Moxley attacked Hangman before he could even get into the ring. As soon as Hangman got down to ringside, Moxley blindsided him. They brawled into the crowd. Moxley trapped Hangman on the floor, in the crowd, in a figure four leg lock. It's always wild to me. You're having this crazy brawl. You're fighting in the stands, right? You're fighting in the crowd, and you apply a wrestling hold. Here, in the middle of the crowd, let me apply a figure four leg lock to you. This is not a false count anywhere match, by the way. So it wasn't as if he was going to win the match that way. But then they fought back down to ringside. Before the bell even rang to signal the official start of the match, John Moxley was down in the corner, in the ring. And the camera just so happened to get back on him at the exact moment that he pulled out what clearly was a blade and put it to his forehead. Now, before he could finish slicing himself, they cut away. But we saw him basically cut himself on live TV. So not even trying to hide it. Not even trying to hide it. Then the bell rang, and now we were officially underway. So within, I'd say, 90 seconds. Half of Moxley's face is covered in blood. They ended up on the apron. Moxley tried for a pile driver. Hangman countered. He was trying for a dead eye. This went back and forth a few times. Finally, uh, Hangman got him up on his shoulders, and he started charging towards the ring post. And he just threw Moxley, who basically struck headfirst on the side of the post and then fell down to the ground. That took us into the first break of the show. Hangman hit an avalanche Death Valley driver coming directly out of the break. Kicked out, though, when Hangman tried for the pin. Moxley got to his knees, and then he jumped up and hit a cutter. Took down Hangman. That bought him a little bit of time. They traded chops. Moxley started throwing kicks. He got a sleeper applied. Hangman, though, got a backdrop suplex out of that. They ended up on top. Moxley got an underhook suplex off the top. And then got the bulldog choke applied, but wasn't fully locked in. And then he uh, let the hold go. Rolled into an armbar from there, but Hangman managed to get his toe on the bottom rope to break the hold. Hangman backdropped Moxley to the floor, and then climbed to the top. He was going for the Orihara moonsault. And he came off the top with the Orihara. Moxley moved, and so he landed on his feet and kind of stumbled backwards into the barricade. He's lucky he didn't break his ankle. And... Moxley caught him with a hard lariat. Moxley brought him over by the timekeeper's table. Hangman, though, caught him with a pop-up powerbomb through the table. 
So now Hangman gets Moxley back into the ring. And the crowd was hot for this. Uh, I was kind of, you know, this, I was kind of nonplussed by this uh, compared to their earlier matches. I like their earlier matches better than this. But the crowd was hot for this. And, you know, part of it is also they're in Ohio, right? I mean, the guy came out with his, with his dad, for crying out loud. He's the hometown boy. So you knew this was going to have a lot, of, uh, a lot of heat to it. But Hangman got back inside. Moxley was struggling to make it back in in time. The referee counted nine. Moxley dove back into the ring just in time. Ran right into a lariat. And then Hangman got the dead eye. Dropped him straight down on his head. Uh, but only got a two count. Or a two and a half. So Moxley kicked out of the dead eye. Hangman then went for the buckshot lariat. But Moxley stuffed it. As he springboarded over, he was able to avoid it. Page got a tombstone pile driver. And uh, I know there were a few people who were upset about that. Oh, why are they using a tombstone as a setup spot? Nobody but The Undertaker and Kane, I guess, uses or use the tombstone as a finish. Right? Okada. I mean, we could we can go down a whole list. For fuck's sake, MJF once gave Sammy Guevara a tombstone off the middle rope. And Sammy kicked out. That wasn't even the finish of the match. Now, that pissed me off. That was ridiculous. But think about it. It's really just The Undertaker and Kane, right? Whoever used it as a finish. Everybody else uses it as a setup. I don't know why people are still bothered by this. But he hit the Tombstone pile driver. He actually did not go for the pin. He rolled back to the apron to try again for the buckshot. This time he connected. And Moxley kicked out of the buckshot Larry. Hangman got his own bulldog choke applied. Moxley, though, pulled him over and trapped the leg. Basically got a stack pin and was able to get the one, two, three. So not exactly a decisive win for John Moxley to close out the trilogy or close out what I figured was going to be the end of the, of the program. Hardly a, a decisive win, uh, but a win is a win. Hangman was not happy about and he got up in Moxley's face. He whined like a, like a sore loser. He was whining like a little bitch. He was flipping Moxley off, even though he got pinned fair and square. Claudio came out. He got into the ring with Yuta to hold back Moxley. He, you know, two of them got between Hangman and Mox. Uh, like I said, the the crowd was hot for this, uh, and I thought it was good. It was a good opener. I just didn't like it as much as I liked their first two matches. I I didn't think it was uh, as good. As those first two. Uh, even though this technically was the rubber match, clearly this is not the end of this uh, rivalry here. And if I had to venture a guess, we're, so, we're, we're close enough now to Revolution. We're only about a month away, right? Four or five weeks uh, away from Revolution. I could see a Hangman Moxley lights out match. Some, some sort of stipulation like that. For Mox, it would make sense. Moxley and Hangman lights out a revolution is something that I could definitely see. Renee was in the back, Mrs. Moxley. She was in the back with Jamie Hayter and the Butcher and the Blade and the Bunny, who requested this time. And the Bunny said that she knows Jamie is not one to back down from a challenge. And Jamie said, I don't. So next week, how about an Eliminator match? You against me. And Jamie Hayter accepted, and then all of a sudden Renee interrupted and said, wait a minute, we have some we have some footage here. And on the screen we saw Soraya and Tony Storm beating up Britt Baker somewhere else in the back. And they threw her into a steel garage door. 
you know, Britt is injured. They have not said what the injury is, uh, but that's why she was pulled from the match uh, that she was scheduled for last week. Uh, it's said to not be serious. Obviously, if she was getting physical tonight, unless they taped this last week, but uh, it's not so serious that she can't be there and uh, take a bump. So whatever it is, I would imagine that uh, she'll be back pretty quickly. Uh, but that was the end of that. We had the AEW Tag Team Champions, the Acclaimed, out next against a team that Max Caster in his rap said looked like a bootleg Beverly Brothers. He was not wrong. It was Truth Magnum and Turbo Floyd, right out of the 1980s. Look at these two. They look like a couple of winners, don't they? Don't they look like a couple of what we got a wannabe Festus here on the left? What is this guy sticking his tongue out for? Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one of a kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Caster won quickly for the acclaimed with the mic drop. After the match, Austin and Colton Gunn, they came out, got in the ring. And Colton said that they were here to talk about something serious. Last week, remember they had that uh, couples therapy session? They said last week uh, they wanted to know what would make you happy. And they kind of looked at the titles and they walked off. They said what would make us happy is to get a shot at those. We want a shot at the AEW Tag Team titles. And we want an answer. Anthony Bowens polled the crowd. He said, because we're the people's choice and we're the people's voice, we're going to put the poll to the people. Power to the people. Do you want to see the gun boys get a shot at the tag team titles? And of course, most of the people booed. And so Anthony Bowens said no. So they all started arguing. All four of them started arguing. Billy Gunn just started shouting and said, enough. You four can beat the hell out of each other for all I care. I'm done. And he left the ring, and he started to walk to the back. And Austin is on the mic, and he told uh, his father, go ahead and do what you did for our entire childhood and turn your back on us. Billy kept walking. So he told his father, go drown your sorrows in the bottom of a pill bottle, just like you used to. That was a bridge too far for Billy Gunn. So that stopped him in his tracks. He walked back down to the ring. He got up in Austin's face, and he cut a promo on his son when all of a sudden his microphone went out. And he got very agitated, and he threw the microphone down, and so Anthony Bowens had to hand a new mic to him. This is becoming a recurring theme on this show, by the way, with the, uh, with the audio, with the mics. 
So he started to recut his promo on his son. And he said that, look, if you want to put your big boy pants on, the next week you got your shot. And he left. And you could tell that the acclaim were like, wait, what? (laughs) We already said no. What are you doing? He accepted the match on behalf of the acclaim. This was news to the acclaim. And this segment left uh, me certainly. This absolutely feels like they want you to think that this is all part of a setup. That Billy Gunn just might turn on the acclaim next week and realign with his sons. Uh, I think that would be a mistake. I've said this before. The acclaimed and Billy Gunn together, they're the most overact in the entire company. You ride that wave until you can't ride it no more. It would be a mistake. If it's not broke, don't fix it. So my hope is, uh, you know, you plant the seeds of doubt, but you don't water them. If that's what's going on here, then that's fine. They want you to think that maybe Billy is going to turn, then maybe he doesn't. Uh, Plus, I, I cannot envision a scenario where the Guns win the tag team titles next week. I think that would be ridiculous. So, like I said, plant the seeds if you want to. Just don't just don't throw any water on them, and we'll be okay. Alex Marvez was backstage, and he was with Jungle Boy. And he wanted to know, what's next for Jungle Hook? And Jungle Boy said that he enjoyed his time with Hook, but he has done the tag team thing before. Obviously, that ended up not working out too well. So this year he wants to uh, win gold, but when he wins gold, it will be on his own. Future TNT champion right there, Jungle Boy Jack Perry. Mark it down. Later on this year, at some point, future TNT champion Jungle Boy. Kanosuke Takeshita was next. Future All-Atlantic champion, Kanosuke Takeshita. One-on-one with Brian Cage. This was, uh, of course, after Cage and MJF both injured Brian Danielson's arm on Dynamite last week. Uh, Remember, Takeshita said that he was going to watch Brian's back. Brian's my hero. He's my friend. I've got his back. Cage powerbombed Takeshita into the ring post early. Takeshita eventually came back with a blue thunderbomb for a near fall. Takeshita went for a high knee in the corner. Cage moved, and Takeshita went knee first into the top turnbuckle, but he came in with such momentum that it took him out over the top. I don't think he meant to uh, fall out of the ring, basically, but you know he ended up on the apron. Cage uh, ended up doing his uh, suplex spot from the middle rope, suplexed him back into the ring, uh, heading into the picture-in-picture break. Cage controlled the action during the commercial with a... Uh, Wild overhead release German suplex. Takeshita rolled through a buckle bomb attempt, hit a drop kick off the second rope for a double down. Takeshita then hit a lariat, and the delayed German missed the jumping knee strike, though. Cage tried a Death Valley driver. Takeshita, though, countered into a Liger bomb for two. Cage went for the drill claw, did not get the drill claw. Takeshita hit two brain busters, which Cage basically, basically no soul. Cage again avoided the jumping knee, hit the F5 uh, as they went to the ropes, and Takeshita hit an avalanche brain buster, followed by the running knee strike to pick up the win. That was the most shocking part of this to me, an actual win here on Dynamite for Takeshita. He's lost so many matches. Now, he looks great in every match that he's in. Uh, Every match that this kid is in, he looks impressive every single time. Uh, It's been a pleasure to watch his matches, but he never fucking wins. 
right? At least against any opponents with any names, he never wins. So this was a rare win for him on television. Uh, and a much-needed one. A much-needed win for uh, Takeshita. Uh, he continues to impress. Brian Cage also continues to get more and more TV time. There's been no update since last week on the contract situation with Cage. Uh, there was a report that his contract was or is expiring in these next few weeks. We don't know exactly what the date is. It could be this month. Uh, and supposedly he had sent feelers to WWE to see if there might possibly be interest on uh, on their part in in talking to him or bringing him in. My guess is he ends up re-signing with AEW and Ring of Honor and staying right where he is because now he's actually getting television time. Uh, he's also one-third of the Ring of Honor, six-man champions. He's got some stuff going on, whereas before he had nothing going on. And if he goes to WWE, frankly, I'm not sure it's going to be much better for him. So I think uh, he, he finally has a good thing going here in AEW. My guess is he ends up staying right where he is, especially if there is no interest from WWE. You know, where else is he going to go? Renee was backstage with the Jericho Appreciation Society. You know, nobody appreciates Renee and what she does more than Tony Schiavone. Because it used to be Tony Schiavone who was doing all of these different stand-ups and commentary, running back and forth. He was in the ring, he was in the back, he was at the desk. Once they brought in Renee, they cut down on his workload tenfold. Tony Schiavone's a happy guy right now. You know, he's pretty much at the desk every now and then, right? He'll go into the ring to do a promo. That's about it, right? So, Renee was in the back with the Jericho Appreciation Society, who said that they did not cheat to beat Ricky Starks and Action Andretti last week. There was no baseball bat, even though there was. Jericho said that if Starks wants another match with him, he'll need to win what Sammy called the the Garvara. The Garcia Guevara gauntlet. Starks has to beat Angelo Parker, Matt Menard, and either Daniel Garcia or Sammy Guevara. They'll let him know at the very last second. So basically what they're what they're doing here is they're running a similar angle with Starks and Jericho that we're already in the middle of with MJF and Danielson, only they're condensing this into one one match. Instead of spreading it out over the course of a month, they're doing it in one night. Uh, but it's more or less it's the same angle. Kenny Omega, who had some visa problems, but they've all been worked out, so now he's back. Matt Jackson and Nick Jackson. They were with Don Callis and Michael Nakazawa. They were hanging out on a basketball court. I don't know if this was at the Nutter Center or where this was exactly. Maybe it was the local YMCA. I assume it was backstage. They were in the basketball court shooting some hoops. Omega said that Top Flight could bring their buddy A.R. Fox to face them next week for their trios titles. And Omega said that they could take their shot, but he added that the elite, they never miss. Matt Hardy, Ethan Page, Isaiah Cassidy of Private Party, and Stokely Hathaway showed up, uh, which led to the elite agreeing to face Hardy, Page, and Cassidy for the titles on Rampage this Friday. And that was that. So Tony Khan, you know, he said a few few months ago that he was hoping to add more star power uh, to Rampage, and he's done, he's done a better job of that. You know, you do see bigger names now featured on the show that I would say even six months ago you wouldn't have seen on Rampage. Uh, Rampage, though, is still just, it's not a must-see show. You know, I don't know that anything is really going to change that. So, adding the Elite 
is uh, a nice thing. Adding a trios title match is certainly a nice little hook. Uh, I haven't seen much of a movement in the numbers uh, for Rampage when the numbers come in. I think Rampage is where Rampage is going to be. But we had the American Dragon, Brian Danielson, against pro wrestling Noah's Timothy Thatcher, making his AEW in-ring debut tonight. And given Thatcher's in-ring style, it was a catch-style match, which you had to figure it would be. Uh, I think maybe got a little too much offense in here. I know that's part of the story they were telling. Danielson came in with the arm injury. MJF basically hired Thatcher, who's a hired gun, to come in and damage Brian's arm that much more. That was the whole point of bringing him in in the first place. Uh, but still, I think maybe he got uh, a little too much uh, offense in here. But Thatcher was in there, and Thatcher was just torturing him. He was torturing this man. That was the story of the match. Danielson came out, and he had his uh, arm was all taped up. So he had athletic tape over the left shoulder. Tony Schiavone said that he spoke with the AEW trainer who cleared Danielson to wrestle. So you were wondering how come he's allowed to wrestle when last week, remember Doc Sampson said, I don't know if you'll be able to. Well, apparently he got cleared. So Thatcher targeted the injured left shoulder. Danielson rallied. He hit a missile drop kick, sold his shoulder, though, from landing on it. Danielson avoided the Fujiwara armbar. That's the other reason why MJF brought in Timothy Thatcher. If you know Timothy Thatcher, whether you you know watch him in pro wrestling Noah, and I don't know how many of you watch any of his stuff in Noah, but if you remember him even from NXT, the Fujiwara armbar was his finish. So again, it makes sense. He's, the object is to go after Danielson's arm. You bring in a guy who will target the arm. So he was trying for the Fujiwara armbar a couple of times. Danielson was able to avoid it, and he hit Thatcher with a kick that led to a near fall. Danielson threw elbows. He applied a sleeper hold, while Thatcher broke uh, the hold by backing into the corner, and when he did so, it caused a ref bump. So down goes the referee, and it didn't take very long. Here comes the champ. Here comes MJF. He's brandishing his dynamite diamond ring on his way down to the ring. Before he can get to the ring, though, Kanosuke Takeshita. I don't know if he was trying to disguise himself or what. He was wearing a hoodie. Because at first I couldn't tell who it was. Uh, but we had just seen Takeshita, right? Well, he's back. And he jumps MJF to prevent him from getting into the ring. He said, Danielson's my hero. I'm going to watch his back. Right? There you go. So he brawls to the back with MJF. In the ring, Thatcher put Danielson in the Fujiwara armbar, finally. Danielson reached the bottom rope with his foot to break the hold. Thatcher tossed Danielson across the ring. Danielson came right back with the German suplex. He ducked a clothesline and then hit his running knee, the Busaiku knee. And Brian Danielson picks up the victory. I can see where if you are not a fan of this style, uh, or if you're not familiar with Timothy Thatcher, you might have looked at him and said, who is this? Right? I don't watch NXT. I don't watch pro wrestling. Noah. I don't know who this guy is. Uh, then you may have been bored by this. This may not have been for you, but I enjoyed this. Thatcher, the thing about Thatcher also that I like, he's very expressive with his face. So when he's in the ring and he's torturing somebody and he's wrenching back on the arm, you know, they zoom in on his face, the, the facial expression. He's very, uh, he emotes a lot. He's very expressive. And he's, he's just kind of an old school throwback kind of guy. 
you know, he's a guy that I could picture wrestling at the carnivals, you know, 60, 60 or 70 years ago. Uh, so I enjoyed this, even if not everybody did. They cut to the back where MJF and Takeshita were still brawling. They were fighting in the back. MJF threw a chair at his head. He picked up a garbage can. He threw the garbage can at Takeshita. Takeshita came back at him. They had to be separated. And then Renee, of all people, gets in the middle of all this and is trying to calm things down and says, I just got word. Hold on a second. I got, I got word here straight from Tony Khan. Per Tony Khan, next week on Dynamite, it will be Kanosuke Takeshita in an eliminator match, one-on-one against MJF. And MJF was not at all happy about this. He said, I didn't ask. I didn't sign up for this. I didn't agree to this. Uh, but it's official. If Tony Khan says it's official, then it's official. And anytime they announce an MJF match on TV, it feels special because how often do we even see him wrestle, let alone on television? We got a Swerve Strickland promo, a video promo here. He was with his mogul affiliates ripping on Dustin Rhodes. And he said that, uh, he mentioned that Dustin's dad gave Keith Lee the limitless moniker many years ago. And he said, since he's not here, and he being Keith Lee, and since Dustin's not here, they're going to find another nepotism second-generation punk boy. <laughs> Let me repeat that. The nepotism second-generation punk boy to eliminate Friday night on Rampage, and that man is Brian Pillman Jr. Now, I know his two henchmen. I know one is Parker. Uh, I did not know the name of the other one. Maybe they've already announced it on Rampage or Dark or something. I didn't know the guy's name. So this was my first time hearing that his name is Trench. So it's Parker and Trench. Those are the two mogul affiliates. Here's what I want to know. What the hell happened to Keith Lee? We haven't seen Keith Lee in a while. Usually when that happens, that means an injury. But uh, I would love to know what what the status is of Keith Lee because he kind of disappeared and it's been weeks since we've seen him. Backstage, Lexi Nair was about to interview Roosh, who was there with Jose the Assistant and Preston Vance or whatever name it is that he goes by now. When MJF interrupted, he walked in with a briefcase like Vince McMahon in Allentown, PA, all those many years ago, walking into the police station with the briefcase. He presented Roosh with a briefcase full of cash, and he said that this first one is free of charge. He said he's got five more of those with his name on it. All he needs to do next week is to rip Brian Danielson's arm off and beat him over the head with it because it was announced that Danielson and Roosh are going to have a match on TV next week. Uh, I believe, well, next week is, is the 8th, so I believe next week is the last of the Brian Danielson challenges because when this whole thing started, MJF, I, I think he specifically mentioned February 8th. That would be a month from when all of this started. So Roosh would be the final hurdle that Danielson has to overcome to get the Iron Man match or revolution. So it's pretty clear how this is going to end. Uh, but I believe next week, Roosh is the final is the final obstacle. So, again, next week, two matches of many. I'll run down the card in, in a couple of minutes here. But we've got Brian Danielson and Roosh, which is going to be incredible. 
and Takeshita and MJF, which I think will be a lot of fun too. So just those two matches alone make the show next week must-see. I am very much looking forward to those two matches. We had Jade Cargill defending her TNT, or TBS, I should say. I got my networks mixed up. Defending her TBS championship and her undefeated record. She was attempting to go 50-0 and zero tonight against her former baddie, Red Velvet. Jade, at one point early in the match, pressed Velvet over her head on the outside and walked up the ring steps with her and then dropped her down uh, across the top rope. It was a very impressive spot that happened during the commercial break, which was ridiculous. That should not have happened during commercial. Now, they replayed it when they came back, but that spot should not have happened during the commercial break. Velvet fought back with a lung blower. Jade responded with a pump kick for two, and then Kiara Hogan came out, another former baddie. She came down to ringside. She threw Layla Gray, the one remaining baddie that's left, threw her into the ring steps. Velvet hit a spin kick in the ring on Jade, but the referee was busy with Kiara Hogan on the outside ejecting her. Didn't see the visual pin that was going on in the ring at that time. So she didn't get the pin. Velvet applied an arm submission. Jade, though, powered out of it, and she kind of swung Velvet into position for the jaded, dropped her down face first and got the pin to retain the title and improve to 50-0. and And then she brought her daughter out of the crowd to celebrate with her, and her daughter looked, she looked scared, (laughs) Her daughter was in tears. Her daughter was crying the entire time. Uh, She did not look happy. As I said at the beginning of the stream, I think what they're doing is that they are stalling. It feels to me like they're stalling. If Chris Statlander does not get hurt, because she was really starting to get over. Everybody talks about Jamie Hayter, right? Well, before Jamie Hayter really got the big push and people really started to get behind her, people were getting behind Chris Statlander in that way. She was hurt once. She came back, and the people were really getting into her, and then she got screwed over by a second knee injury. Uh, and I would suspect that when she comes back, the people will be into her all over again. Uh, and you could easily slot her, by the way, into this whole AW Originals, AW Outsiders uh, storyline. But it seemed to me like she was on the path either to the TBS title or the Women's Championship when she got hurt. It was only a matter of time. And so I look at this women's division and I say, okay, they have this record, this undefeated streak with Jade, right? Now she's 50-0. and 0. If you're going to have anybody be Jade, who would it be? And the usual candidates that you would look at, you look at the big stars in the division. Jamie Hayter is already the world champion, so Jamie Hayter does not need this, right? Jade is a heel. Jade is still a heel. So if we're looking for a baby face, that would eliminate Soraya and Tony Storm because they just went heel. It's not going to be Ruby Soho. It's not going to be Britt Baker. Athena is the Ring of Honor Women's Champion. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's not going to be Anna Jay. It's not going to be Ty Mello. You know, Willow. I think we've seen Willow already in the ring with Jade. Who have we not seen in the ring with Jade Cargill? Who do they have on the roster physically? She may not be as tall as Jade, but physically speaking, that you could picture standing up to Jade, believably, standing up to Jade Cargill in the ring face-to-face, who was getting over before they got hurt. Chris Statlander. So it, it all boils down to how much longer before she comes back. There's the trust issue. You know, if, if Chris Statlander is going to be back, let's say, in two months, Let's just say she's two months away from coming back and being cleared, right? Do you trust her body enough to give her a couple of wins and then immediately thrust her into the TBS title picture? Or do you shy away from it because you want to see if her body and her knees will hold up, right? That's a valid argument also. They may want to, you know, wait six months before they consider giving her a serious push. I just don't see any other obvious name right now. And there was a period of time a few months ago where I said, you can't wait for Statlander to come back. She tore her ACL. That's that's a nine-month recovery. But now so many months have passed by. Uh, I think she's closer to coming back than not. You know, at this point, I would say just wait it out. You know, wait for the right time, get her back. And to me, I still feel the same way I felt six months ago when she got hurt, that she's the one. I think she would be the right person. Hey, Zachariah, thank you for being a channel member. I think he just uh, became a Sound Off superstar. Zachariah, thank you. Yeah, remind me in the chat, when did uh, Statlander have her surgery? Because if we, if we assume nine months, I just don't remember what month it was. I don't remember. It was in the summer, I believe, but I don't remember exactly what month she got hurt. Um. So if we're operating under the assumption that it's a nine-month layoff, I just don't know how much how much longer is left. I feel like it's not that much, not that much. Was it October? Was it that late? I didn't think it was that late. All right, people are saying it was October. For some reason, I thought it was late summer. Well, October, well, well, it's going to be a while. <laughs> I guess it'll, well, look. They may keep the title on Jade. Look, Roman Reigns has been champion for for fucking two and a half years, right? Almost three years. So they may just wait it out. Uh, I didn't realize it was that late, though, that it was October. Yeah, I mean, I I believe it was a full tear. So there's no way she's going to be back uh, in a couple of months. That would be... That's right. Yeah, that's right. There was a delay between the injury and the surgery. I remember that because she got hurt, but she didn't get surgery right away. So she's probably on the shelf until the summer. Yeah, that's probably a summertime return. Well, I still I still don't see any other obvious choice. I'll leave it at that. Renee was backstage checking up on Britt Baker, who was attacked earlier in the show. See how she was doing. 
following the attack by Soraya and Tony Storm, Ruby Soho uh, showed up. And Ruby also wanted to know, hey, Britt, how you doing? Are you okay? And Britt said, aren't you with them? And Ruby claimed that she had nothing to do with that. She has nothing to do with them. And Britt didn't exactly seem like she trusted her. So it still seems like we may get that Ruby Soho heel turn that I talked about. You know, with Ruby linking up with Saray and Tony Storm, and then it would just be a case of Jamie and Britt have to find somebody to uh, partner up with. You know, could that be Jade? Jade is a heel, but it wouldn't be very difficult to, you know, conceive of them starting to turn her. Uh, And she certainly would be considered an AEW original. Now, is she ready for that spot? She's still very green. Uh, but if you're doing an originals and an outsider's angle, Jade Cargill is certainly, I mean, she she is the quintessential AW original, right? They have built her from the ground up, and they're still building her, right? The building is not yet ready. You're not, they're not ready to move into the building just yet. But they have been building this woman from the ground up from day one. So if anybody would be considered an original, it would be her. And then we had our main event. No hold bar. For the TNT Championship, it was Samoa Joe challenging Darby Allen for the title. Sheeta, yeah, Sheeta, Sheeta would be the obvious one. I forgot about Sheeta. So you have Britt, you have Hater, and you have Sheeta. Uh, if they wanted to expand it to include other people, then you can consider people like Jade. But you're right, Sheeta, Sheeta is right there. But, again, the reason I think Ruby may be the one to turn heel, they, they need that third person. So, who would that third person be? It's not going to be Athena. Ruby. Ruby fits, all, Ruby fits the criteria perfectly. And then on the babyface slide, you slide in Hikaru Shida. Absolutely. But we had Joe and Darby. I was looking forward to this match very much so. I enjoyed their previous matches together. Darby is, uh, we know Darby is out of his mind. You don't need me to tell you that Darby Allen is, he's crazy. He's crazy in the head. And Darby Allen will likely end up in a wheelchair before long. But if that's how he wants to go out, he makes it entertaining. I'll say that much. I look forward to his matches. I enjoyed his run, even though his run was not very long. I enjoyed it. You know, when he's in the ring, when he's on the card, uh, it's one of the matches I usually look forward to the most. Darby walked out here. Joe was out first. Darby walked out here wearing a thumbtack hoodie because, of course, he was. Hundreds of thumbtacks sticking out of this hoodie that he was wearing, this, this, this jacket. So Joe, when Darby hits the ring, Joe wraps his arm in the white towel that he wears around his neck when he comes to the ring. He has the smarts to wrap his arm first in the towel and just wrecks Darby with a clothesline so that he doesn't clothesline the thumbtacks. See, that's smart. That's why Samoa Joe is Samoa Joe. Joe then ripped the thumbtack jacket off of uh, Thumbtack Jack over here. And uh, yeah, he, he was like, the hell with this. Take this shit off. Joe went outside. He pulled the table out from under the ring. As he was pulling the table out, Darby hit a dive. And it looked like one of the metal legs on the underbelly of the table uh, struck Joe in the side of the head. He went down and he was immediately bleeding. You could see the blood was dripping onto the floor outside. So unlike Moxley at the beginning of the show, who just sat there and went slice, uh, this guy, clearly this was a hard way cut. 
And uh, it was not intentional, but I think in the end it really it did add uh, to the match a lot. Darby was setting up the ring steps over by the barricade, and he went to go whip Joe into the steps. Joe reversed, and he sent Darby into the steps, knee, knees first, and Darby goes flying over the barricade. I believe he landed uh, on his head first, but he did like a complete rotation and ended up on his feet, and he was selling, but he ended up, you know, on his feet somehow. This was, uh, this was pretty nutty. It was pretty nutty here at the Nutter Center. Kind of appropriate. Joe followed him into the crowd, and they were going up the stairs. Right? They're brawling up the stairs, higher and higher into the crowd. Then he picks Darby up. And he didn't give him a urinage. He just he picked him up. Because Darby is, what is Darby? A hundred, a hundred and nothing, basically. Picked up Darby and just threw him down, slammed him down onto the concrete steps. And uh, Joe is certainly no stranger to bumps on the concrete steps. I'm sure many of you, I was not the only one, I'm sure, to think of Bound for Glory 2008 against Sting. One of the stupidest bumps that I've ever seen anybody take in the history of wrestling came from Samoa Joe, who should have been smarter than that. I I still, to this day, don't know what he was expecting to accomplish. But Sting was standing on the steps. Joe went up, and he did a running dive. Just not like a flip or anything like that. Sting wasn't there to catch him. He just did a running dive. And he, he landed back first. On the edge of the concrete steps. How he didn't cripple himself, I'll never know. One of the we talk about Darby and how dumb he is and the dumb bumps that he takes. Truly one of the stupidest bumps I've ever seen. So uh, Joe was not doing that himself. But Joe Joe planted uh, Darby on the concrete instead. So throughout the picture and picture, they went back to the ring. And throughout the picture and picture, uh Joe was just punishing this kid. Darby uh, made a comeback. He came charging at Joe in the corner. Joe set him down with the ST Joe. Sit your ass down. Joe leaned a uh, table up against the barricade outside. And then he returned into the ring. Darby got a jawbreaker. And he starts delivering chops to Joe in the corner. Just chop after chop after chop after chop. And Joe is kind of annoyed by this. So he grabs Darby, and I can't even call it, it wasn't even a hip toss. He just flung him over the top rope. Just recklessly flung him out of the ring, and Darby went splat on the floor. And I just, I started laughing like, I couldn't believe what I had just seen. I couldn't believe the beating this guy was taking in this match. So when I write, you know, in the title of the video, like, the most violent or vicious or whatever I wrote, you know, main event in in Dynamite history. We've seen a lot of main events on Dynamite that have blood. We've seen a lot of main events on Dynamite that have weapons, right? A lot of them. Thumbtacks, chairs, tables, ladders, all kinds of shit. And we've seen a lot of wild main events on this show. I don't remember watching an episode of Dynamite. And watching somebody take a beating in this match the way that Darby did, and even Joe, you know, Joe Joe took some punishment too. I mean, Joe was the one who was bleeding. Somehow Darby wasn't. But the beating that Darby took 
and, and the bumps that he took right up until the very end, the finish of the match. Uh, I don't remember watching this kind of demolition derby like this in the history of Dynamite. This, this was crazy. This match was fucking crazy. So, yes, Darby crashed and burned on the floor, and all I, all I could do was laugh. Uh, Joe went back under the ring at this point, and he grabbed a handful of chairs. He didn't bring out the chairs one by one. Just with, with his bare fist, he grabbed probably three or four chairs in one grip and pulled them out and brought them into the ring with him. And he opened two of the chairs up, and he set them back to back. And he grabbed Darby, and he dropped Darby spine first onto them with a back suplex. Thankfully for Darby, he, he landed more kind of on the seat of one of the chairs and not so much the, the top part. Joe grabbed Darby for something. Darby, though, threw powder in his face, blinding him, and he hit a code red on Joe for an earfall. Darby then hit the -the over-the-top stunner that he does, and he tried to put the thumbtack hoodie back on. The the sleeves, I think, were inside out, so it was very difficult for him to get the jacket back on. He did the best he could. He didn't really get it on fully, uh, but he got it back on as best he could. He went up top, and he hit the coffin drop with the thumbtack jacket, landed right on Joe, I thought that was it. He went for the pin. Joe kicked out. Darby went outside, and he, I don't know if he grabbed it or he pulled it out. I don't know where it came from. It looked like he had a Swiss Army knife. And he starts cutting the rope that holds the ring mat uh, or attaches the ring mat to the, uh, I guess you would call it like the, the, the steel ring frame underneath, right? And he's cutting the rope. One rope at a time, right? To just disconnect the two parts. Once he did that, he starts pulling all the padding and all the foam that sit between the mat and the plywood underneath. And he's just yanking it out. And part of the plywood is exposed, right? I mean, he didn't rip the the mat off completely, but you can see the plywood underneath. So he gets back in the ring. And he sees that Joe is outside the ring on the opposite side, right over where the table is. Remember Joe? I said Joe set a table up. He leaned it up against the barricade outside. So Joe is standing over there. And Darby sees this. And it's for him, it's like catnip, right? He can't help himself. So what is he going to do? He's going to dive. He goes for a dive. Joe moves out of the way. And Darby just, he just crashes right through the table, Right? So that takes care of Darby. Back inside, Joe gets him in the ring. And Samoa Joe power bombs Darby onto the thumbtack jacket. Then he grabs the jacket, wraps it around Darby's face, and starts pulling back on it. So he's pulling the thumbtacks back into Darby's face. He's yanking back on the jacket. Darby, all he could do is take his thumbs and stick them in Joe's eyes. And that broke the hold. And so Joe's leaning up against the robes. Blood is dripping from his head. It looked like his cut was in the same area that Moxley's was. It was over one of his eyes. So he's trying to recover from the thumbs and the eyes. Darby grabs one of the chairs. He starts swinging for the fences. And he's whacking Joe with the chair, whacking him across the back with it. Darby then is headed up top again for the coffin drop. Joe is now laid out on the exposed plywood. And Darby is going up for for the finish. Joe reaches up. He shoves the referee into Darby, who gets crotched on top. And Joe then heads up to the middle rope. 
and he gets Darby on his shoulders for the muscle buster. And he delivers a muscle buster onto the exposed wood. No padding, no mats, no protection. A muscle buster onto the onto the wood, the wooden underbelly of the ring. And I watched that and I said, to, I, I had the same feeling I had when I saw MJF give Sammy Guevara that middle rope tombstone all, all those many years ago on Dynamite. He ain't kicking out of that. He better not kick out of that. And he did not. And Samoa Joe got the three count. Samoa Joe is once again the king of television. He is the TNT champion. Wardlow's music hits. And here comes Wardlow. He's wearing a dress shirt and a dinner jacket like he was on his way to the theater and he decided to stop by uh, Dynamite. And he's got a new short haircut after Joe cut his ponytail. So he's got the skin fade haircut going on. He looks like a businessman. And he runs down to the ring, he tackles Joe, he starts throwing punches, and he sets up for the Powerbomb Symphony. Uh, But before he could hit a Powerbomb, Joe escapes. A whole gaggle of security guards, they get in the ring, and Wardlow beats them all up. Wardlow picked up one of the security guards and gave him an awesome bomb out of the ring onto all of the other security guards, wiping all of them out. That was the last thing we saw as they cut away for the... Uh, dumb power slap show and uh, that ended what i thought overall was another fun episode of dynamite now you know as i said joe's cut in the match was not intentional uh but it did add to the match and as if he doesn't look menacing enough as it is Uh, now you've got samoa joe with blood dripping down his face you've got tables wrecked you've got the mat all pulled up you've got fucking wooden boards exposed Thumbtacks everywhere, a thumbtack jacket. This looked like, this was insanity is what this was. But Joe is just standing there with that fucking scowl on his face, the blood, he's got the championship back. Joe is fucking great. And nobody is happier than I am that his health has been okay, right? Because he had those concussions and it looked like his career might be over. WWE, Vince McMahon, they didn't want to use him anymore. I thought, well, this may be the end of Samoa Joe. He now has a new lease on life. We are seeing Samoa Joe. You know, he got his mojo back. This is the Samoa Joe that I love and missed. And Darby Allen is the perfect opponent for him because when he's in there, I mean, he just, he's so menacing and he can throw him around like a rag doll. And it just makes Joe look like, it just it looks like a final boss when he's in there. So I love it. I know it's not good for Darby's health. It's hazardous to his health, but, uh, these two have uh, just a certain chemistry in the ring that I, I very much uh, am entertained by. Why change the title, right? A lot of people are going to be asking that question. I'm asking the same question myself. Darby had the championship for a month. Why bother? You know what, though? It gave us a month of title defenses out of him. I think, again, I, I, I can't say for sure, but I would be, uh, if I were a betting man, I would say, Darby won the title because they wanted a big moment in his hometown on Dynamite. And he got it. But was it necessary to change the title away from Joe before putting it back on Wardlow? Which I would imagine that probably is the goal here. Get the TNT title back on Wardlow. Uh, No. No, it wasn't necessary at all. But they had Darby on television defending it every week. So you can't say that it was pointless because if Darby had won the championship and didn't defend the belt until tonight uh, or had one defense, then you could say, well, what was the point? 
right? What was the point? But if you remember at the time, they were telling a story with Darby. I raved about that promo on Rampage. They had a backstage segment where Tony Schiavone was interviewing Darby and Sting was with him. There was no Sting, by the way, on the show tonight. But there was that backstage segment where, you know, Darby was kind of down on his luck and I don't know, I have it. And Sting, of all people, gave him this great pep talk like he was a fucking coach giving, you know, his uh, football team a big rah-rah speech during halftime at the Super Bowl trying to say, you're Darby Allen. Now you go out there and you win that championship. And he did. So he had his own little storyline going. But Darby was on television every single week, Dynamite Rampage, defending that title. When Darby was champion the first time, his segments saw a rating spike. I I actually think they took the title off him the first time way too soon. I feel the same way this time too. So at least they made the most of it. He was visible every single week. He had good matches as the champion. Uh, so I don't I don't mind it so much. It does feel like, okay, they played hot potato with it, but now it's back on Joe, and now they get back to the main story, which is Joe and Wardlow, and Wardlow going for revenge for what Samoa Joe uh, did to him. And overall, I thought this was a uh, very fun episode. Fun episode of Dynamite tonight. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And yeah, and that, you know, yeah, it's a good point. You know, Winston says it gets boring if titles never change. Not everybody has to have a Roman Reigns or a Gunther type or Jade Cargill, to use an AEW example, uh, type of run where they're the champion for a year or longer. You know, it's okay. As long as they don't make a habit out of it, where the TNT title is bouncing around like a, you know, being bounced around like a pinata every few weeks, uh, which hasn't been the case, then it's okay. And as long as you do it and you make, you know, you, you make it worthwhile, like they did with Darby by having him defend it every week, and Darby is one of the most popular performers they have, so it got him television time every single week. You know what? It's not the worst thing in the world. Now, Rampage on Friday night has the Elite defending their trios belts against Ethan Page, Matt Hardy, and Isaiah Cassidy. Tony Storm and Soraya will be in action. So remember what Soraya said when she came back and had her first match back? Her doctor said, okay, pace yourself. Maybe right now you save it. You know, you have a, a big match every now and then. So they're easing her back. They're easing her back. Now she's wrestling on Rampage. She'll be tagging with uh, Tony Storm. Roosh is going to take on Christopher Daniels. That's Roosh's warm-up before the match with Danielson next week. 
And Swerve Strickland goes one-on-one with Brian Pillman Jr. And then next Wednesday, uh, on Dynamite, Kanosuke Takeshita, one-on-one with MJF. Brian Danielson takes on Roosh. The Elite are going to defend their trios titles against Top Flight and AR Fox. Ricky Starks has to run the Garcia-Guevara gauntlet. And we have Jamie Hayter taking on the Bunny. And we have the Acclaim defending their tag team titles against the Guns. And we will see if my uh, fears come true and we get a Billy Gunn uh, swerve, which, again, I think Tony Khan would be crazy to do that. Uh, But we shall find out next week what they do with the Guns. TNT loves Darby says Uffman. They should. They should, at least in the past. I don't know how it's been the last few weeks with his quarters, but at least in the past, he's uh, given them a nice little ratings bump when they have him in the main event. Uh, Here's the poll here on Twitter. Almost 1,000 votes in, 73% thumbs up for the show tonight, 16% thumbs in the middle, and uh, we have about 11% thumbs down. Thank you to all the new followers on Twitter from uh, Royal Rumble Weekend, and we have that bobblehead contest as well for the uh, DX bobblehead. There's still a little bit of time, a few hours left to get in on that. Just uh, go follow me, at Solomonster, on Twitter. Hey, uh, C. Moonsault, what if the stipulation is that Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn... Uh, beat the Usos on night one, and then Sammy joins Roman and Cody, making it a triple threat on night two. Uh, no, that is not going to happen. That should not happen. It is Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens against the Usos, Roman Reigns against Cody Rhodes. That's it. That's it. You could do one on one night. You could do one on the other. Charlotte and Rhea Ripley are probably getting the main event spot on night one. Uh, which I don't necessarily mind, uh, although I think you could certainly make the argument that the tag team title match, for as as much as it's being built up for, should main event. Uh, I do think it'll be Charlotte and Rhea who headline night one, and then Roman and Cody headline on night two. Uh, but no, I don't want to see a triple threat of wrestling. Uh, Joseph Brooks with a 999. Buy, rent, sell. On which of these fantasy AEW versus WWE matches sounds best? Usos against the Young Bucks, the Acclaimed against the Street Profits, or the Lucha Bros against Pac, or the Lucha Bros and Pac against the Legado del Fantasma. Uh, Usos and Young Bucks. Joseph Brooks, who missed, uh, who misused Samoa Joe more, TNA or WWE? Uh, who misused him more? Uh, WWE. Nick Grosso, 999 Super Chat. Yet another TNT title change. What was the point of Darby winning the belt if it was just going to be dropped five weeks later? Uh, five weeks? I thought it was four weeks. After tonight, I hope Ruby Soho doesn't stay with the homegrown. Rather, she turns heel. That's exactly what I think is going to happen. Peter Cordieri, what up, peeps? Good dynamite tonight. Thank you, Peter. First timer. Thankfully, Joe did not do the crowd drop kick again. Yeah, thankfully. I think he learned his lesson after the first time. 
Uh, Bernard Frederick, I think Daddy Ass is going to turn the other cheek. I see what you did there. Big Talon 256. This show felt like a mini pay-per-view, honestly. Dynamite has been on a roll this new year. Glad they dropped the Ring of Honor stuff. That has helped a lot. You know, dropping a lot of the... Now, granted, in the main event tonight, we had the Ring of Honor television champion. Uh, But it's Samoa Joe. And the focus wasn't any Ring of Honor title. The focus was the TNT title. So I'm okay with that. But that has helped a lot. And Tony Khan said coming out of full gear, he was going to... Coming out of a final battle... More so. He was going to shy away from as much Ring of Honor stuff on AEW television. So far, he has stuck to his guns on that. Uh, Emiliana with the 999. Hangman and Moxley never disappoints. Uh, I like that Mox barely scraped the win here. wonder if there's a Claudio Hangman match in the future. Have a great stream. I've had a long day. Good night. Thank you, Emiliana. Justin Jack, I forgot it was Wednesday and I missed the show. Well, you didn't miss the most important show, which is this one. As long as you're here, I got you covered. Uh, Ed Swoggle, going to AEW in three weeks. Hope this awesome series of Danielson matches is still going strong. Thank you for your continuous entertaining analysis. Ed Swoggle, you're very welcome. Uh, I think the string of Danielson matches may end next week with Roosh. Uh, That's kind of how it looks. Eric Sean was hoping for a longer run for Darby. Starting to think that Tony Khan doesn't have any faith in Darby to have long title runs. Or he's just looking out for Darby's well-being after the match that we saw tonight. And uh, maybe he's trying to make sure that Darby doesn't kill himself by having an extended title. There's there's also that. He's got to he's got to try to protect his investment, you know. Eric comes back with another $20 super chat. When the bloodline finally disbands and goes their separate ways, what do you see in Paul Heyman's future? Do you think he goes back with Brock Lesnar, manages somebody else or retires from further appearances? Uh, just because the bloodline disbands does not mean that uh, Paul Heyman cannot manage Roman Reigns. So I, I see him sticking with Roman for the foreseeable future. You know, as great as he has been in his role the last couple of years, well, more than a couple of years, uh, it would be a damn shame. You know, we already lost William Regal as an on-air performer for at least the next year. To lose Paul Heyman as well would be terrible. Paul Heyman has been fantastic. So, bloodline, no bloodline, I think Heyman sticks with Roman Reigns. Uh, Zachariah with the 999. What was the point of the Bow Wow feud? Not that it caught my interest, just wondering what they were trying to do, or did they finish that storyline and the angle went over my head? Help me out. I don't even think they know where that was going. Jade was asked about that. She was on a podcast or a radio show recently, and they asked her about the Bow Wow stuff. She she basically, she gave kind of a non-answer and said, whatever, it's over. So, I'm not exactly heartbroken about it. Until you brought it up, honestly, I hadn't even thought about it. Be calm, see clearly, mental health check, everybody in solo, keep calm. Be calm and see clearly. 
I agree with your name. Bread Hart, the U.S. dollar has dropped in my country, so take some Chilean pesos. I don't know how much that's going to be worth. Rocky Road. It's Wednesday. You know what that means, which means tomorrow is my birthday. A birthday shout-out from the Solomonster would be great. Thank you, Solo. 32 years. Well, everybody join me in the chat. Let me see those birthday cakes and those birthday balloons. Happy birthday, Rocky Road. Enjoy 32. It's a terrible WrestleMania, but hopefully it is an excellent birthday for you. Uh, Zachariah, again, with the 1999... Is Soraya stuck in the tag team run for a bit because Tony Khan, or maybe even Soraya, is not fully confident to have her in a big singles angle? I get the AEW against WWE outsider feud makes sense. Uh, Just an observation, since it was Tony beating up Britt. Yeah, it just feels to me like they're easing her back into things, which is the smart way to go. There's no no need to to rush her into uh, a bunch of matches. You know, you take it one match at a time, spread them out. As long as her body holds up, you can ease her into more into more matches. I'm sure it's part of their calculus. And all this. I'm sure they had a plan for her when they brought her back. Uh, armchair Critic. Buy or sell better overall wrestler? Shawn Michaels or Kurt Angle? Uh, it's an impossible question to answer. It depends on what you see in a wrestler. Uh, you know, it's in-ring skills, it's entertainment value, it's promos... Shawn Michaels is a, is a tough one to top, but I look at Kurt Angle. You know, the guy was a total package. He could do it all, and he did it faster than most. And, you know, it's 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 a tough one. You're going to get different answers, I think, uh, from different people. Better overall wrestler, though. I you know I got to go Angle. I gotta go Kurt Angle. The guy was a, an absolute machine. He could be serious. He could be funny. He could do it all. I mean, what what would be the weakness in his game? What would be the weakness in Kurt Angle's game when he was at his peak? What would be the weakness in his game? I mean, you could say Shawn Michaels was a better promo. Kurt was pretty damn good, though. Can't say Kurt was a bad promo. The guy had no weaknesses. He had no holes. Uh, Frank Aquilino. Loved the opening match, but Hangman needed the win more. Main event was great, but I don't like them playing hot potato with the TNT title. Uh, hey, Moist. Moist kite. Moist uh, with the 99 cents. Thank you. Uh, Frank Aquilino, I miss Miro, but who needs him when we have Samoa Joe? Uh, Jim says uh, tonight was feh. I've heard of meh. I don't know what feh is. Thank you, Jim. Nick Grasso with the 499 Dark Side of the Ring is filming, and some of these subjects include Mike Awesome, Bam Bam Bigelow, Abdullah the Butcher, and Sonny as well, I think. I I, I know that uh, Awesome, Bigelow, and Abdullah uh, are confirmed. And Bam Bam is actually an interesting one I hadn't thought of. Uh... Tammy Sitch, I did not hear about that one, but Tammy Sitch, her whole fucking life is uh, Dark Side of the Ring. You can do a whole season on Tammy Sitch. You're going to have to make that an extended episode. 
Uh, Rizzo says, I may try that Zoe Asher podcast solo, solo because I really want to power slap some of my damn coworkers today. Well, uh, I definitely think you need to check out that podcast then. Fire Panda. Thank you for the super chat. God of Seduction, thank you as well. Richie with the five bucks. If CM Punk had broken the streak, uh, would he still have left WWE? Yes. Punk, Punk had a lot of issues with the company. He was also not healthy. It was all building to a breaking point, which would have happened regardless of whether or not he would have broken the streak. Retro Gamer. Thank you for the 10 spot. Uh, I think Darby getting the belt back was twofold. He was in his hometown, and they needed to give Wardlow a break to heal up and come back and restart his grudge with Joe. And that's also a valid point. If Wardlow was injured and they had to buy some time, they had to buy a few weeks, I mean, yeah, they could have kept the belt on Joe, but maybe, you know, part of the idea was we'll put the belt on Darby, we'll give him a little run, and when we have to get the belt back on him, we'll put them back in the ring, and we'll get the belt back on him when Wardlow's ready to come back. I'm sure all of those things played a factor, but him winning the championship in his hometown, it gave them a big main event that week on Dynamite, a big moment. Uh, I think absolutely that was part of why they did what they did. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Without a doubt. Now, I should remind all of you, if you did not see the stream on Monday, uh, this will be the final stream until uh, the Raw stream next Monday. There will be no SmackDown stream on Friday uh, because I will be at the House of Glory show, our first event of the new year. It is called The Beginning, and it is in memory of Jay Briscoe. That is on Friday night. Uh, we'll be streaming live on Fight TV if you cannot be there live, but uh, certainly if you are there live and you do see me, come say hello. Uh, don't be a stranger. But that's where I'll be. I'll be at the NYC Arena on Friday night. So there will be no SmackDown stream. Uh, podcast on Sunday. That'll be episode 794. And then live again on YouTube next week for all of our usual streams. Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. So uh, there you go. Looking forward to it. going to be a good show. We got uh, JTG coming on in. JTG looking looking like a beast these days he's going to be challenging jacob fatu for the uh, hog world championship that's going to be a good one can't wait to call it going to be fun uh wano campo dropping a super chat it's a new month it is a new month it is the very first stream uh here in the month of february that is true and he says, uh, who are you again? I forgot. I'm the Sala Monster, damn it. That's who I am. But you already knew that. So where are we? I haven't even uh, I haven't even checked to see uh where we are on the light. We are we are nearing four hundred likes. And the uh goal tonight. Man, 
Goal tonight was 450. Wow. You guys missed the mark. Hey, Winston Smith says Groundhog Day is tomorrow. What's your favorite Bill Murray movie? Well, Groundhog Day is certainly a fun one. Uh, I got to go Ghostbusters. I'm a Ghostbusters guy. So I, I got to go. I got to go with Ghostbusters. Oh, my goodness. Oh, what the fuck? Let's be the booker. Ladies and gentlemen, it is now time to be the booker. You get one out of me. You get a freebie. Since it's the first of the month, we had a terrible January when it came to be the booker. So I feel like I have to I have to redeem myself. I can't let this go. I can't I can't wait until next Monday. We've got to we've got to do this tonight. But keep hitting that like button. Like I always say, it does help the stream, so uh, I need you guys to uh, at least do me that favor. So let's see here. It's a brand new month. We're going to put January in the rear view. We're going to pretend like none of it ever happened. We're going to start fresh, and we're going we're gonna to kill it. We're going to kill it tonight. We're going to begin. Oh, Bliss fan's going to love this. Bray Wyatt. Believe our first time here, uh, picking Bray Wyatt here and be the booker. Bray Wyatt is what we are starting out with here. It will be the Eater of Worlds, one on one with Psycho Sid. Bray Wyatt and Psycho Sid. I don't know how good the actual match would be, but I give that the bell. I think that would be a very interesting match. I'm going to say Sid goes over with the powerbomb. I always like Sid. There's just something about Sid. I like Sid. I know he was a bit of a flake. He, he may not have been the best wrestler in the world, but you know what? I think Sid gets shit unnecessarily. If you go back and you watch some of those Psycho Sid matches, he really wasn't as bad as people claim. I, th- I thought Sid was perfectly serviceable. And uh, I always loved the powerbomb finish. I always I always popped for it. So uh, I am a Sid guy. And the promos were fucking great. I, I was far more entertained by the Psycho Sid promos than I am the Bray Wyatt promos. So he easily wins in that department. All right, let's try the women's be the booker. We begin with the lovely... Miss Elizabeth. Oh my. My first wrestling crush. Sid should be in the Hall of Fame. Yes, he should be. Sid should be in the Hall of Fame. Alright, well, Elizabeth wasn't really a wrestler. So I don't think this is headed in a very good direction here. But we begin with Elizabeth and we end with Jazz. Elizabeth against Jazz. That's a no-go. That doesn't sound very good at all. So let's uh, head on over to the tag teams. We are one and one. This is the tiebreaker. Tag team side, we begin with Rapungi Vice, Rocky Romero, and Trent Beretta. 
And it will be Rapungi taking on what the fuck? <laughs> well, I don't even remember what their tag team name was. It was D'Lo and Chaz. I have no, I, I have no recollection of this team at all. Somehow it's in Be the Booker. I put it in there. But I have no recollection of this team whatsoever. What the fuck was their name? Was it low? It was Lowdown? Is that what it was? Lowdown. Well, Chaz is an asshole anyway, so fuck that guy. Anyway, we're continuing our streak from January. One for three. It's terrible. I, sh- I should have skipped Be the Booker after all. I should have just left it alone. I should have just left well enough alone. Not a good start for Black History Month. Not a good start for any month. Uh, God of Seduction with the two bucks. Theory retains at the chamber. Uh, I could see that. It all comes down to whether or not they want the match with John Cena at WrestleMania to be a championship match. I don't think it has to be. But if he's going to wrestle John Cena, there's an argument to be made that Theory should not be losing. You know, how is he going to lose at the chamber but then end up Wrestling John Cena at WrestleMania. Now, if he goes to WrestleMania and wins, which he should, Cena should put him over, then it's all good. Uh, If it were me, I'd put that fucking title on Bronson Reed. I would strap that thing to Bronson Reed and just let him do his thing. Bronson Reed has been very impressive in the few matches he's had so far since he came back. Uh, I'm a big Bronson Reed guy. I was a big fan of his in NXT. Uh, he was doing good stuff in New Japan. Yeah, we even got him in for a hog match last year. He was impressive there. And if it were me, he'd be the guy. I think Theory loses it. I, but I could see them not wanting to beat him in the chamber before he has his uh, match with Cena at Mania. Uh, Turtlehead with the Super Chat. Please ask Moxley how Kevin Dunn is doing. Hey, John. What do you think of uh, Kevin Dunn? Fuck Kevin Dunn. Yeah. All right, go clean yourself up. Go 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 stitch yourself up. You're bleeding all over the fucking floor. Rizzo with the five dollar super chat. I always like the chat, but that be the Booker has been. It might be best to give the promotion a week to fix things. I always like the chat, but that be the Booker has been. Oh, he left the word out. I was confused. Yeah, be the booker is, uh, it's not going well. <laughs> it's not going well. Richie, with the $20 super chat drop from Richie. <laughs> Love it. Do you think that the new WWE 2K23 game will be John Cena showcase storyline? Also, if it is, do you think they will skip the CM Punk rivalry between them? I think that one is one of his important rivalries. Uh, if it is the showcase, then yeah, I don't expect Punk to be in there. I, w- I wouldn't expect it. You might get seen at Edge. You'll get seen in Rock. Uh, I can't imagine you get seen in Punk, though. I, I, a- absolutely not. 
Tuxedo T Servo, thank you for the $5 super chat. Appreciate it. Food High, your damn Smurfette song is stuck in my head. Damn you. He's been dreaming about Smurfette for the last 48 hours, this guy. Look at this. You got a real problem. You know that? You need some you need some help. You need some therapy. You need some better help. I got the link for you down below in the description. You really should take advantage of that. Mr. E. 1976, here's to the tip jar. Thanks for everything you do. Thoroughly enjoyed the Rumble stream on Saturday night. I'm glad you did because we went over three hours. It was a very late night. So it makes me happy that you guys at least enjoyed the stream. Anyway, thank you guys for the love tonight. I appreciate you all. And uh, thank you for the likes. We hit uh, 420. (laughs) Uh, But keep hitting that like button on the way out. Uh, if you would be so kind again, no stream Sunday or no Sunday night, no stream on yeah, no stream Sunday or Friday, uh, but we'll stream again next Monday. But of course, episode 794, uh, will be dropping on all the usual platforms coming up on Sunday. I'm sure there'll be a lot to talk about as there is every single week. You be well, stay safe. Thank you again for all the love. And I will see you guys back here again very soon for more sound off here live on YouTube. Take care, guys.